to this week's episode of Ladies Who Big League. That's right, we've got a different name today. I'm so lucky to be joined in the studio this morning by Moran Cialis and Pam Whaley, both from Big League magazine. Good morning to you both. Morning. Oh, good job on my last name. Oh, look, I'm Greek, so if I hadn't been able to pronounce it, that would have been very, very embarrassing for me. Good morning, Mary. Good luck. Good um, good job on my last name as well. Oh, look, you know, it is tough. (laughs) You both got really... Is it Wally? Is it what is... Seriously, Wally? I, oh, yeah, we get that. Yeah, Pam Wally. Yeah. Pam Wally. How, how do you pronounce that? It's Wally. It's as it looks. Like whale <laughs> with a Y at the end. Exactly. <laughs> I thought we'd get straight into it this morning. I, I managed to get a copy of Big League magazine this week because I love you both. And I thought we'd have a chat about what were your favourite stories to come out of it this week. Um, mine was written by Pam, which often happens. Um, my Pam stories. does write good yeah, stories. Yeah, she does write great stories. Um, <laughs> Uh, a man in Melbourne was cleaning out his garage to move, um, and down the bottom of a cardboard box found a pair of Parramatta shorts, he believed, from 1986. So he sent them back to the club, which is very nice of him. Um, yeah, and they turned out to be one of a pair of Brett Kenny shorts from the grand final in 1986. Well, that's what they think. They, they don't really have, like, great carbon dating or, you know, DNA. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but that's what they think. Um, and we, Pam, called Brett up, who always loves a chat, which is really great. Um, and he talked a lot about the Jack Gibson um, era, and it tied in really well with the game yesterday, obviously, with the Eels playing the Roosters for the Jack Gibson Cup. I was the smell of the shorts. Oh, I mean, how would you have picked them up? I would have used tweezers, picked them up, and put them into, like, a yeah. one of those... Plastic, yuck! Gross. Apparently, they were in a plastic bag, and so he was—he's uh, not a Parramatta fan, but he watched all of the Parramatta Grand Finals back in the eighties on, on the hill, City on the Hill, and watching all of that. And then, so his friend won these shorts at a charity night, and they gave them to him, and he was like, "Oh yes, wait!" and just chucked them in a plastic bag and put them in a suitcase, <laughs> and that, that's where they stayed. Because I was going to ask, how did he get the shorts? Like, where did yeah, they come from? Just gave them to him. Well, obviously not a big Parramatta fan and yeah, not someone ago. interested in Parramatta shorts. It's either Brett Kenny shorts or some random man's shorts. Yeah. I'm trying <laughs> to pass for the bus there. So like, what is, better. is that something I would ever buy at a charity thing? What would I do with them? Yeah, game-worn stuff is very interesting. Um, yeah, the smells, the dirt. The filth. The denker rub. Yeah, no, thank you. Mm. Yuck. Everything else. All right, so we've had one gross yet funny story. What about you, Pam? <laughs> what else have we got? Mine is from one of our other writers, Michael Block. I really liked his story on, he did a story on Jordan Rapana and Joey Leilua and just kind of their relationship that they've got there at the Raiders and, and how they're going out there on that edge. It's obviously been amazing this mm. year and I don't think anyone particularly expected it. And I think Jordan Rapana, especially for what he's been through in his career and in his life, um, and then he was able to keep Sisawanga out of the wing spot at, at Canberra, which is not a an easy thing to do. Sisa is an international, he's won premierships and um, he's a great player, and he was able to do that in the preseason and score that wing spot, so I thought that was pretty special. Not only do they have a great combo, but I don't know whether the two of you saw the video of them singing Hakuna Matata on <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> he like. does mention they, they enjoy um, that kind of thing, uh, one-on-one basketball, 
playing video games. Their girlfriends are like, can you hang out with us instead <laughs> of each other, please, for three seconds. And they're like, no. No, no. no we no, like each no, other a lot better. It's work. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the Kuna Matata video is really good. Like, if you guys have any interest in Disney or rugby league players singing, okay. singing Disney, you yeah. should uh, have a look at it. They're not bad singers either. Good harmonies there. Um, for me, my favourite thing in the magazine was the poster of James Tedesco. I'm going to pull that out. And <laughs> a lot of work went into that. I appreciate it. No, that was wonderful. <laughs> and I also enjoyed the 10 minutes with Chad Townsend as well um, and the study that he's obviously doing. He's obviously very passionate about his career after football and I think these are the sorts of stories that we want to be seeing in our magazines and hearing about not just what players are doing on the field but off it as well. Yeah, well, that's, I spoke to him the other day about it and he was saying um, it says in the story that he wants to be studying for as long as he's playing so that when he finishes playing, he has something to fall back on so that he's not just wondering, oh, my God, what do I do now? So he's great. He's studying financial planning and mm-hmm. just wants to get his whole life in order, I guess, for his like family. 70 and... investment properties or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't just... have one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't oh, think no, I'll, I'll, I'll ever have one. Nope. nope. But, yeah, it was really it was a really good chat, actually, and, and what a smart guy to be able to um, think of his future that way. Mm. And what I also liked is that at the Sharks he's been encouraged to speak to some of the younger players as well about saving money and thinking about their lives after football and making those smart financial decisions because we hear way too many stories of successful footballers ending up, you know, without anything when they finish their careers. So, yeah, I really like that story on Chad Townsend. Thank you. Hmm. Excellent work by everyone this week. Uh, We'll take a quick break now and then we can come back and talk about the game that happened last night. So my Friday didn't start off particularly well yesterday. I was at work and my editor at The Raw sent me a text message and it simply said, um, Mary, and I thought, hmm, I wonder what I've done. Have I not submitted a story? What have I done wrong? And he said, have you checked the Daily Telegraph? And I'd sort of been off my phone for about five, six minutes. And I said, no, 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 I haven't checked it. Jumped on the Daily Telegraph website and saw a picture of Kieran Foran and the announcement that he had walked out on his his contract with the Eels. Um, What a bombshell. I don't really know what to say. Um, It's been documented that he's had a lot of personal issues this year. And if he needs time away from the game to sort that out, then I absolutely understand and appreciate that and hope that he gets the time away that he needs. That's really the way I'm feeling about it. Yeah, it was, as you said, it was a bit of a shock. Mm. I think it came out of nowhere, and it's just kind of the latest thing, I think, that poor old para have to deal with. It's it's very sad. I think it's interesting that um, the papers are already, excuse me, reporting that other clubs are chasing him. Mm. If you think about it, there are probably four good months till the end of the season uh, the start of the preseason, which I mean, I'm not an expert in these sort of issues, but you'd think if for someone to walk away from a four year contract for that much money, obviously there's a lot of stuff going on in his life. So um, I think it would be it would be interesting and slightly concerning if he went to another club straight away. To be honest, no, I agree with that. And there are comments in the paper this morning okay. about the NRL Integrity Unit and the role that they'll play if he decides to want that he wants to come back for another club and that they'll be very stringent and make sure that he's okay. But that's also what sort of unsettled me a little bit. Like if you're walking away from a contract of this size and it's been documented that he's had a number of issues this year and, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to speculate on what those issues are, but I think he's going to need a bit longer than four months to sort, to sort them out. 
And for other clubs to already be circling, I just found that a bit odd. Yeah. And especially, I mean, because he's obviously not going to be playing for the rest of the year because he's injured, you know. So it, walking away from the contract um, basically just means that he's just not going to be going in for training and, and blah, blah, blah. So it has to be a lot deeper than what is kind of on face value, I guess. And, um, yeah, for all of that to be okay by the time that next season starts, which will basically be in November, December. Mm, that's right. Um doesn't seem realistic. I hope he's got good people around him. Seems like a very difficult situation. Yeah, I think I would hope that he would have a really strong support network around him and that really we can just leave him alone. Now I'd really not like to see Karen Foran's face in the paper again this year. I just really want him to be left alone because the whole thing has been paraded through the media and it's obviously been very difficult for him. Um, so, yeah, let's just give him the time and the space that he needs. But... You're both right. It's just the next issue in what's been a circus for Parramatta this year and not the good kind of circus, like not the one that I used to go to as a kid, a very bad kind of circus. But we look at the game last night where they beat the Roosters 22-18 and I have to say I've probably never been prouder of my team as I was last night. We were down 18-6 very early, down to a one-man bench after injuries to Isaac Duguay's Semi Radradra and who was the third? Tim Manor. Tim Manor as well. Um, and then to come back and defeat the Roosters, I was really proud of them. Yeah, I think you should be. I think it was a great performance and they've, they've kind of galvanised this year as well and kind of um, have proved that they could have done anything, which I think is quite sad at the same time. Mm. But um, good for them for playing for each other and sticking it out. It was a hard game to watch for someone who cares little about Yeah? Them. Okay. Oh, Yeah. Really tough. But I enjoyed Joseph Manu running down. Wasn't that uh, great? Better that was great. How fast are they? Um, not that I don't care about the clubs. That's a, not a I understand what you mean. I understand. Um, but, like, uh, uh, watching the Roosters is, like, mm. incredibly frustrating for, for someone who's not a fan. I'm just like, can you catch the ball? Can you, like, do, I don't um, it's, it They've got a lot of fundamental problems there. No, they really do. They can't yeah. hold on to a ball and... It was interesting, there was a lot of talk about the Clint Gutherson try at the end of the game, but the Roosters shouldn't have been in that position at all. They were leading 18-6, Parramatta had a one-man bench, and let's be real, there were some really dubious calls, I thought, that went against the Eels as well, like Corey Norman getting dragged back into the in-goal area and the Roosters having that kickoff. sorry, the um, line dropout. Um, there was that tackle on Semi Radraja, which I didn't think was great in the opening minutes. Um, you know, calls go against a team, calls go for a game, for a team. Um, so, yeah, I didn't really appreciate that and I thought the Roosters should have won that game. It is sad that we're now, we can now be like, 2017, Eels, oh, look, you survived this situation. Um, and then just hope that nothing happens next year and that maybe we'll see them play to their full potential um, and that'd be nice. I hope that happens for you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Especially in a team with so many injuries as well. Yeah. Um, if we can get it right next year, we might actually, you know, look okay. And welcome back to Jeff Robson as well. I was so excited when we re-signed him. He's one of my favourites. Just a solid, dependable player. And I think he's really, really happy to be home. And Corey Norman was great last night yeah, as well. Was. Um, yeah. So I was really proud of him. We've got an announcement apparently this morning at 10.30. Uh, it's looking like 
the Eels are going to lose all their points. Pam said we might lose more than the 12 points that we started with. <laughs> that was just my understanding. I was not sure when that, so when the NRL first announced the proposed sanctions um, that they were just proposed, um, they had to then wait for Parramatta to respond to them. Um, and then they could come up with a final decision, but I think it's just going to be the 12 points. So, All right, I'm ready. It's funny, I was saying to you both this morning that I woke up really happy. I was dancing through my house. We had a great win by Parramatta last night. Nothing can ruin my mood. And then I was like, oh, hang on. It's today. It's actually happening today. But at least it's just finally getting done, you know. Like I'm bloody sick of talking about it. Like it's week after week. It's just always in the news and it's just dragging on and I don't think it's doing um, the fans any good. I don't think it's doing the team any good. I don't think it's doing the competition any good. It's just let's just get it over with and just get it done and then these boys know what they're playing for, the fans know what they're cheering for and everyone can just move on from it and let it be done. I absolutely agree. This yeah. was never meant to be a Parramatta podcast, but it seems like every week there's a little segment on Parramatta because every week there's a new piece of news, whether it be a player injury, a player in trouble, the board of directors. Let's just end it. Let's move on. Let's finish this year and look forward to next year. 100%. All right. So we've got a couple of other games this weekend. Pam, which game are you most excited about? Um, I'm looking forward to Bulldogs Tigers this mm-hmm. afternoon. I'm actually heading out there, so that will that will be good. I think that the Tigers are on a pretty pretty good thing at the moment. I love watching them play. Um, sorry, Maria, I know you're a Bulldogs fan. Hey, but... Tedesco's not there. Forget it. Uh, no Tedesco, no Woodsy. <laughs> you never know. You never you know. You do never know because they're playing because the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs so. also are missing quite a few players too. So um, These are two teams that I love. love I it. love both of them. I love the Bulldogs. I love the Tigers. Um, I think it should be entertaining despite both teams missing you know, key yeah, players. Yeah. I'm also looking forward to watching the Sharks play as well. I'm a big fan of... Manu Brown, mm-hmm. and I'm really excited to see what it, what he does um, in NRL for the first time this year. Yeah, and when you look at their team, 1 through 17, their bench probably isn't great, but um, for having lost five players, mm-hmm. they're putting up a pretty good, pretty good team, pretty attacking team, and now that the Panthers won't have Moylan, um, I tip the Panthers and I, I feel regret, like deep regret, but I'm excited to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to watch the Bulldogs. I was overseas for a month in June. Um, so I haven't seen any football, um, and apparently they've been playing well, but also that could be because I was gone. So yeah, I was about to say, Maria, is it yeah, you? Yeah, so if they lose tonight, I should probably just leave. You need to leave. I think you need to go back to Simpsons land. what you need to do. I really do. I really want to go back. Well, I'm actually going to the US later in the year, so oh, I might yeah. need um, some tips from you because Simpsons land, I'm going to Orlando, so. Oh, fantastic. I said that uh, yesterday on the Big Week podcast. <laughs> And um, they're like, oh, what was your favourite place? And I went to so many. I went to all these cities and I was like, well, Simpsons Island was pretty great. <laughs> I spent like $100 in the souvenir store. I'm surprised it was only $100. i have got a Disney <laughs> World as well. You've got to hold me back there. My husband was like, um, do you really need that? Do you need that can of dumb? Do you need that six figurine T-shirt? And you were like, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, yeah. I do. <laughs> Let them Snapchat me, please. That's yeah. exactly what I want from you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I... I'm probably most excited about the game tonight. I think it'll be interesting this weekend with a lot of Origin players yeah. missing. So I think a lot of these games could go either way. I mean, each team is sort of missing key players, even the Raiders and the Cowboys. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders won that game. The Cowboys missing a lot of key players and Jonathan Thurston through State of Origin. I think the Raiders have to win. If they don't win, forget it. It's yeah. Time. Yeah. 
they're not missing anyone, are they? No, so no. Yeah, yeah, so they have to. And but, you know, they're the Raiders, again. Who knows with who them, knows? right? Yeah. Full of surprises. Yeah. All right, well, let's come back in a sec and we can preview State of Origin. State of Origin Game 3, Wednesday night. Before we actually get to the team and what's happening on the field, I just want to talk about a story in the Daily Telegraph today about Josh Mansour and his epic diet. (laughs) The best picture of Josh Mansour ever, surrounded by all this food that he consumes on a daily basis. The man has 5% body fat, Pam. Um, And do you know what? The picture... That looks like it's enough food for about three or four days for an average human being. So that's that's incredible. I think people, more people should be hitting up Josh Mansour for, <laughs> for diet, diet tips. tips or something. This is um, insane. I was watching an interview with Alexander Skarsgård about what he did for Tarzan to prepare for Tarzan. And he said it was very similar to this, like the eight meals a day um, and always thinking about when your next food would come. Why do that anyway? I was going to say, I'm doing that anyway. If that's a diet, then I'm sweet. (laughs) And eating more food. Like eating more food and always thinking about my next meal. I feel like that if that's what's required to get 5% body fat, I don't know why I'm not there already. The the lack of carbs concerns me. I I couldn't do it. Bananas, the banana, like all of this stuff is carbs. Like the, the little rice cakes and stuff oh, like that. Oh, but Pam, we need, like, I need real oh, carbs, like, like bread, potato, spaghetti, yeah. oh, potato. Sweet potato. He's got sweet that Sweet potato there. is not the same thing, Pamela. I love sweet, sweet potato. Yeah, but, well, you want some chips. You want, like, chips yeah, and chips, right? Chips. You know? Yeah. Anyway. That's that's his life. He looks great. Yeah, oh, he <laughs> does look great. And who was it? I think I saw an interview with David Clemmer and Aaron Woods, and they were talking about which member of the Blue Squad they would like to marry. And they oh, said, yeah, "Oh no, it was each other." But then they started talking about Josh Mansour and his epic rig. So look, five yeah. percent body fat. They said he had something about him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> saying, Yo, ooh, that? Josh Mansour. <laughs> <Okay>. Ooh. <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, Fair enough. Love it. Okay, State of Origin Game 3. The first question is, what did you two think of the teams? Were you as excited as I am to see James Tedesco named? I'm extremely, extremely excited. Um, I feel like he probably should have been picked for Game 2, although it was hard to drop Moylan because he didn't really Mm. do anything wrong in Game 1. But um, he still leads tackle breaks, James Tedesco, even though he was injured for however many weeks. Yeah, like five Um, or six weeks. Yeah, because he's just so ahead of everybody else in that facet of the game. So I'm really interested to see how it's going to go up against the Queensland defence, Yeah, which think, we know is amazing. Yeah, I think I'm just happy for him as well because he is um, just an, a nice guy mm-hmm. as well and he's been through a lot in his short career with so many injury um, problems <sighs> and things like that. It's I was at his debut. Yeah. I was at his debut because it's like they don't have space for big league in the um, press box. So I was sitting across from him, from him when he went down. And it was everyone just went. <gasps> oh, it was, oh, it was devastating. <laughs> and then I think it happened again in 2014 yeah. as well. Um, and yeah, he's just had so many problems, um, and has still come out the other side and is just absolutely stunning in the competition. So good on him. I hope he kills it. Me too. And another player I'm really happy for is Wade Graham. Mm. It's really good to see him get his opportunity as well. I'm, I'm happy to see Matt Moylan in the squad, but the Blues have this weird habit of picking players out of position. Uh, I'm not sure how I really feel about Matt Moylan possibly coming off the bench as a utility and playing 5-8. Um, I feel like that's an experiment the Blues have tried in the past and it hasn't really worked. 
Yeah, I feel like there's other utilities as well. Mm. And that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody as well to have them have played fullback for the past three years in the in the NRL and then or two years or so in the NRL and then have not really played that kind of role before and then expect them to do it at Origin. However, I feel like uh, Laurie Daly will change the team up. I don't think that that's how it's going to be. Yeah. On the night, I think he's going to swap, switch it up because it would make more sense. Brandon, but you, you're going to you're going to make him play five eight for the first time in Origin. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, isn't it? It's insane. It's insane. And can Matt Moylan colour hooker? He's uh, too tall. Yeah, that's what I think. He's like too a bit too lanky, isn't he? He's yeah. really like, built as a hooker. Yeah, and, they, um, and they've also gotten rid of Greg Burt. So who does that? Leave. Oh, Josh Jackson, I suppose. Then, I don't know. I hate, I hate the utility on the bench. Queensland do it well because Michael Morgan comes on while everybody else is on. Mm. Um, and it's just another facet of attack. Like the Blues, why put someone on the bench when you probably won't use them? Like Dylan Walker in game one. Yeah. Just put another forward on there. It doesn't matter. There are enough people in the team to cover every position. That was bizarre, the Dylan Walker decision. But um, Jack Bird, I'm also really happy for him. Uh, there's been a lot in the media about Jack Bird lately, and James Maloney was talking about him yesterday and said he's just a space cadet, basically. I think he's a footballer. I don't think he knows what he's going on most <laughs> of the time. Apparently his teammates are often surprised when he shows any understanding of what the game plan is. <laughs> he just plays exactly what's in front of him. Um, and I thought he was one of our standouts in game two. Yeah, Luke Lewis uh, was on our Big League podcast <laughs> yesterday and he was saying that Jack Bird will often, um, when they're out on the field and it's a really intense situation, you know, the game's on the line and Jack Bird will run past and be like, oh, Louis, and make some kind of stupid joke. And Louis's like, what is going on with this What is wrong with you? <laughs> what is actually wrong with you? But, yeah, he's just like calm and doesn't really, isn't really phased by anything and doesn't really have any fear. So I think that's... Fantastic. And good because, I mean, the Blues have lost, you know, 10 out of the 11 past series and there's this whole talk about the losing mentality. If you've got someone new and fresh in the halves that doesn't really get phased by that sort of thing and isn't tainted by the losses that, you know, New South Wales have had, it might work out well. We could actually win this game. What do you both think? Maybe? Yeah, I made a prediction yesterday New South Wales would win 13+. plus. I don't know why in hindsight. But <laughs> why not? I'm why with not, it. Maria? Why not? Why not? Why not? I've been tipping the Blues. Every- yeah. Actually, I didn't tip them last game. I just thought that would be a bridge too far. But I'll, pro- I- I'll tip them this week as well and hope that we can start off this series the way we want to start off next year yeah. in Suncorp. I think it's definitely a more exciting team. I think this mm. is the type of team that we all this basically you know the bones of the team that'll be that'll be around for the next you know five to ten years or so so hopefully they um can start showing something but i don't know you never know though and you never know it's it's true queensland have won 10 out of 11 so how can you it's almost impossible to say yeah they'll be losing to the 79th minute and then score a try against the run of play as is very queensland exactly, exactly And, you know, we'll all be sitting there. Just going, how? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? That Queensland team is a team we're all going to tell our grandkids that we saw. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Jonathan Thurston is a player yeah. that I'm going to tell my grandkids that, you know, I watched. Yeah. That grand final last year, I, if I'd been a Cowboys or a Broncos fan, I would have been on the floor. Yeah. I'm really, I wanted to say I'm really happy for Gavin Cooper as well. He's mm. getting finally getting his shot with Queensland as well. And uh, I don't think he could have done much more to be able to to get that and to be able to debut at the age of 30. Um, 
Good love an old debutante. Love it. Yeah, love, love it. it. Time for my favourite segment. It's time for Mary's Mix-Up and it's definitely a warm and fuzzy one this morning. Uh, So it was a week of warm and fuzzy in the NRL this week and I wanted to highlight the efforts of a couple of very special players this week. So firstly, Blake Austin from the Canberra Raiders. You all know that he's one of my favourites. Last week, Blake was driving to the Raiders game and saw a young disabled girl wearing a Raiders top waiting for a bus on the way to the game. Blake picked her up and drove her to the game. It was a very, very cold afternoon in Canberra. Uh, Ben Glover shared that story and what I think I love most about Blake Austin is that he doesn't do these sorts of things for recognition or to get praise. The way he described it was that there were two people heading to the same place. It was a cold day in Canberra and if I could help her out and make the trip a little quicker, why wouldn't I? I believe in if you feel it's the right thing to do, get it done and Blake consistently gets it done off the field. So thank you for being an amazing ambassador on and off the field. The second effort came from Billy Slater. So Billy Slater was in Sydney last week and while jogging ran past two homeless people. He decided that instead of continuing to run on, uh, he went to the supermarket and stocked up on some fruit, bread and other supplies before sitting down to eat with the pair who he had run past earlier. And Billy Slater said, giving is a powerful thing and I hope this little post inspires others to do something for someone. So go out there and do something for someone this afternoon. And the final one was Paul Gallen who um, is a player that's had a mixed reputation over the years. But there was a story in the Daily Telegraph yesterday about him leaving Blues camp to go and spend some time with a fan that's been having a hard time off the field and struggling with cancer. So that was another story I loved. We're also on the way to the Olympics, so there have been a couple of really good Road to Rio stories this week. I was absolutely overjoyed to hear the news this week that Anna Mears has been selected to be Australia's flag bearer at the opening ceremony. She's the seventh female athlete to be named as flag bearer and is one of my favourite athletes and, you know, has won two Olympic and 11 World Championship gold medals, five Commonwealth Games titles, and at Rio will become the fourth female track cyclist in history to compete at four Olympics. And congratulations also to all the women named in the Matildas squad. Not going to lie, very pleased for our friend Michelle Heyman. Go girls, bring home the gold. Radio Hub is Australia's premier podcasting facility. With high-quality sound equipment and production services, Radio Hub is a one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. So, if you're ready to jump into the exciting realm of podcasting, contact Radio Hub on 0402 870 900 or email info at radiohub.com.au. Now, I know I promised all of you a chat with Petro Sivanaseva this morning, but the chat was so good that what I've decided to do is hold it off until just before State of Origin night. So you'll have to wait a couple more days before we put that up for you. Maria, thank you so much for coming in and joining me this morning. It's been a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun. Um, I don't. I, there's a reason I got into print, and that is because my voice is terrible and I look like crap most of the time. But this is fun um, because it's not live as well, so I can correct all my stupid mistakes. Well, you haven't made any, and I think you're looking good and you're sounding good too, so you're welcome back anytime. Thank you very much. And Pam, thank you also. We love having you on Ladies Who League, so thank you very much for coming in. Thank you. I love coming on, so anytime. And it's also been announced that the Parramatta Reels have lost their 12 points, um, so... That, that's the other news to come out of this morning. I don't want to spend too much time on it. I think now the line has been drawn in the sand and we, we just move forward. 
Um, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you listen, review, and subscribe to the show. We didn't quite get to 50 reviews last week, but um, we'll keep the competition open for this week. And if we get to 50 by the end of the week, I will give away some Ladies Who League merchandise. I'm scooting out of here to go watch the GWS Giants this afternoon. They're playing at home. So I hope you all have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Mary Kay from Ladies Who League. Australia Ladies, Ladies, you